there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hello and welcome to the MMQV NFL Podcast. I'm Gary Grambling. I'm Connor Orr. Connor, we have uh, what the media is terming a pre-Christmas hodgepodge type of show here. We are going to talk about the surprise firing of John Robinson, the uh, now former Titans general manager. We're going to talk about there are some teams who are picking in the top five who have good records. How did this come to be? What do we think about this? And uh, we are also going to ask the question that I think all of America is asking itself. Would you coach the Houston Texans? (laughs) The worst game show ever. (laughs) Man, I would totally watch it. You just bring people on and uh, just a yes or no answer. And then you just move on to the next person. No. Uh, (laughs) But we're starting with Baker Mayfield. Quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams. Perhaps starting quarterback as soon as this weekend. Uh, it's really been a rough year for Baker, uh, obviously pushed out in Cleveland when they, uh, decided to, uh, you know, sort of, for various reasons, go pursue Deshaun Watson, uh, under the shadow of, uh, of everything that went on with Deshaun Watson, with, uh, the way he treated women in the Houston area. Uh, Baker Mayfield gets pushed out, ends up in Carolina, really... Not a good landing spot for a couple of reasons. The opportunity was there, but, you know, Ben McAdoo is, uh, Baker's not his type. And uh, on top of that, it was really difficult to get him up to speed uh, down there in Charlotte in in such a short amount of time. So he asked for his release. He gets it. 
Rams are the lone team, uh, reportedly, who put in a waiver claim for him, and now he's in L.A., and I don't know what is really next for him other than you hope he can, like, figure out a way to carve out a, a career as, like, a, a modern-day uh, Andy Dalton type or Ryan Fitzpatrick type who can maybe be a, a journeyman bridge guy in a couple of spots. So there's a couple interesting things, you know, I was kind of digging around on this a little bit yesterday. Yes, the Rams were the only team who claimed Baker. However, the Rams also made it very clear that they were going to claim Baker. Um, I think our our colleague Albert Breer had it, um, read it pro on Pro Football Talk. I think I read it in a couple places where well before the timeline for teams to submit a claim, the Rams were like, yeah, we're like, we like this guy. We want Baker Mayfield. Mm -hmm. And the way that it was kind of explained to me, I thought was interesting. I didn't really think about that. Imagine if you're the 49ers or you're any team behind the Rams that want Baker Mayfield. And you think there's a possibility that the Rams are claiming him. You can't claim Baker Mayfield now. And the reason you can't do it is because you lose plausible deniability right if you're the if you're the 49ers right and you've just spent all this time in lip service saying we love brock purdy brock purdy's our guy brock purdy brock purdy and then you claim baker mayfield and you don't get him then you look like a complete jerk because Mm -hmm. you've lied you look unprepared and it looks like you have no way of gathering information valuable information and so And, and you've kind of undercut your now starting quarterback. Correct. And and so what it was interesting. It was kind of explained to me that like teams hate when this happens. They hate when it happens. And so oftentimes you will hear, oh, they're the only team that placed a claim in for them. But yes, but they're also very high up. And another team that might have wanted to do it was below. So you know, let's say you're Bill Belichick, for example, who, who loved Baker Mayfield before the draft. And you wanted to do it. Now you don't get him. We all know you put in a claim for him and you have to spend the rest of the season answering questions about it. And you don't even have Baker to just be like, yeah, sorry, everybody else you're fired and here's Baker. So deal with it. Um, That's, that's sort of, that's how it was explained to me. Um, You know, and, and I thought that was kind of interesting. I didn't, I never really thought about it that way before. It is. That is really interesting. I guess the only way you could really uh, claim him, and it really wouldn't matter, is if like you're the you're the Chiefs or the Bills or, or you're someone who clearly uh, Baker Mayfield is not going to be a threat Correct. to your quarterback in any way, shape, or form. Coming in clearly as a backup, kick the tires on him type of uh, you know emergency uh, break in case of emergency, break glass in case of emergency. Uh, boy, that's a that's a terrible metaphor. Uh, type of thing to uh, to bring him in here, but yeah, I mean, he might get a little tryout here with the Rams over the last month of the season. It's a team that is, I mean, they, they are ravaged by injuries across that roster. Uh, but he does, you know, he he's played in something generally similar to what McVay does. Uh, you know, all branching off that. Uh, Shanahan tree there uh, based on what Mayfield did under Kevin Stefanski which was his career year back in 2020 right so I think here's what I think the ceiling here is Geno Smith where you spend some time in the woods you bang around a little bit you have to swallow 
a whole bunch of broken glass and then you get the right time, the right coach, the right system and you play your butt off. And mm-hmm. I think I think that's possible. I th- and the reason I think it's possible, I was writing about the Baker Mayfield situation last night and I was like, let, let me go through the NFL and see how many truly settled etched in stone quarterback situations there are and i'm being generous here so i have the bills the dolphins the chiefs the chargers the browns the jaguars the eagles the cowboys the cardinals the rams the vikings the packers and the bears so that's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen so less than half the league has a truly and completely etched in stone quarterback situation for next Mm -hmm. year um we have probably two, generously speaking, starting caliber quarterbacks coming out of the draft this year. So that pushes it to 15. The rest of it is guys, right? It's yeah. Andy Dalton. It's Taylor Heineke. It's Daniel Jones switching teams. It's, you know, if Lamar Jackson moves somewhere else. Um, all You know, it's a toss-up. And I think that we're going to be in a toss-up league for a while now we had a starting quarterback glut for a very short window of time that has disappeared and we're back into a semi drought period and semi drought periods are when people like Baker Mayfield thrive, right? That's how you get another eight years of your career back. Yep. No, absolutely. The Patriots are really interesting, interesting to me uh, in that. Uh, look, the first thing you probably have to do is figure out offensive coordinator, uh, Bill Belichick was asked about earlier this week and kind of said this is not a time of year where you can really make seismic changes on your on your coaching staff. Um, but I think everyone recognizes something has to change there as far as the offensive staff goes, and therefore you could probably look at Mac Jones and say, okay, we'll get the right coach in uh, and we'll we'll get this straightened out, even if he is not the highest ceiling type of guy, and ultimately maybe he'll feel replaceable in uh in two or three years anyway but uh that would be an interesting spot there uh, again he's you know baker's gonna be available for uh, not very much money if you want to bring him in and open up a comp uh, open up a competition uh the question is and i think the thing that's gonna hold him back a little bit uh is if he is not your starter um one is he comfortable being a backup Two is your is your fan base okay with him being a, a backup? And fan sentiment is not the end all be all. But uh, if you have, uh, you know, let's say you let's say you have a Mac Jones, the the Patriots obviously have some some leeway with the with what they're going to do considering the uh, the accomplishments over the year of that coaching staff. But for at least a little while longer, yeah. So if you feel pretty good still about Mac Jones, which I think they can. And you bring Baker Mayfield in, and Mac has a start to 2023 like he is playing right now in 2022. Uh, immediately, people are going to be calling for Baker Mayfield to come off the bench, and maybe Baker, who is not shy about saying things that maybe he shouldn't say in public settings, is going to say something. And is it going to cause uh, a certain amount of havoc that you just don't want to deal with for a guy whose skill level? It, you know, it, look. The tape's been really bad the last two years. The, no doubt about it. I, I don't think anyone's looking at him and, uh, you know, 
thinking here's a potential franchise guy, but it's just a boy. It's it's uh, it's a tough spot <laughs> that he's sort of painted himself in with with kind of his brand and his personality, where it's kind of like. Well, I don't know if I'm, I'm sure there are teams that are going to say I wouldn't mind kicking the tires, but I really don't want to bring him in and uh, and sort of light a fire that I don't want to deal with. It it's something that I didn't think about a lot, and I sometimes don't think about right because we're in a you're in a stacking talent sort of business where it's mm-hmm. like we we just need more good players. But I was actually talking to somebody for a different story about something else and. Um, this person had said, you have no idea in the pre-draft process the amount of times a coach will leave a meeting with a guy and just be like, hey, he's great, but he's not going to get along with our starting quarterback. Like, I just kind of mm-hmm. have that feeling. Like, our starting quarterback is a real dry humor kind of guy, and he can't have another sarcastic sort of dry humor kind of guy with him he needs sort of a wacky or the opposite right you know and and you and you try to build your room like tetris pieces of personality and i i think that baker is gonna have a hard time with that and this is the one chance i think he has to be in a competent offense that's going to get his 2022 at least back to the middle because right now he's if you look at EPA plus completion percentage over expectation. He's the worst quarterback in the NFL by a wide margin. Um, It's not even close. And so can he get himself to a situation where he's kind of in the, in the Taylor Heineke Cooper rush range? Can we, can we just get him up there a little bit? And then I think we get into the off season and we see what happens. Let's uh, let's turn down to Nashville here, who they were having a really nice season. Uh, we saw them really give the Chiefs a game on a Sunday night, and it felt like it was going to be maybe not a, a Super Bowl run. I think there's some limitations with the quarterback, but another AFC South title. It seemed like everything was kind of on schedule for the Titans to be, uh, you know, a good team again when we look back on 2022. And uh, now GM John Robinson is out, which was... Uh, it was stunning, and I, I say that as someone who keeps on looking at this roster and being like, eh, it's not a very good roster, but uh, I did not see this coming. It's a weird, it is weird, right, because we've been saying all along, Mike Vrabel is coaching the living you-know-what out of this team, and he's constantly getting more, he's constantly getting more out of the roster, and then they fire John Robinson, and you're like, but they have a great roster, you know? Yeah. And here's the best way that I feel like I can explain it. And and I don't know anything that happened for sure, but the one thing that I kind of got feedback on yesterday when I was just asking around about the mechanics of this kind of thing is that we have no idea how politically complex NFL buildings are. We just have no comprehension of how politically complex these buildings are. Like, you know, there's one example that I got where it was like, okay, you know, hotshot quarterback, is coming out. A um, couple guys like him in the building, but you know maybe one of the coaches really doesn't like him. And so you're in charge of the whole building. You have to pacify everybody. You have to make someone feel seen, but then you have to also make other people feel like their opinions matter. If you pick the guy, it hurts somebody's feelings. If you don't pick, you know, this kind of stuff goes on 
every single day, every single rep of practice, every single strength and conditioning person you hire, every piece of food that you put in the cafeteria is a fight with somebody over something. And these things build and build and build in a competitive environment where you have no way of stepping back and saying that this isn't a fight that's worth losing my job over. And, you know, sometimes you get to situations like this. Now, again, I don't know what happened there, but certainly I think Pro Football Talk pointed it out. I mean, Vrabel walked out of the building or not of the building of their war room when they traded AJ Brown or almost did. He, he shook his head, he turned up and he just walked up the stairs like, Hey, this is a bad idea. And then AJ Brown torches them two days later. John Robinson's gone. I don't know. We don't know what happened. We don't know if ownership wasn't going to give them the money for that extension. We have no idea what was going to happen here. And I don't think we'll ever know, but you know, these little things can mount and I just think that's what happens. That could have happened. You know, the Chiefs got rid of John Dorsey. Yeah. And at one point, that looked like an unforgivable maneuver. And two years later, it's like, yeah, everything's, you know, everything's yeah. okay. So I, I don't know. That's that's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah, it was. Uh, and look, you kind of maybe that that boiling point boils over when you kind of get torched by the guy you traded on draft night and. Perhaps that's what this was. Uh, they also have, you know, Titans have a history of making kind of rash decisions with with good team. They moved on from Mike Malarkey a couple years ago when uh, they made the playoffs. So it's uh, it's it's a, it's an unusual organization, I guess is my <laughs> my main takeaway here. Going back to the Rams just a little bit, and there were some bad tweets that went around uh, social media today uh, regarding the old uh, Matthew Stafford trade with the Lions, because we now have, uh, as it sits, and we have more time to play here in the season, but uh, picks three, four, and five in the 2023 draft will be Seahawks from the Broncos in the Russell Wilson trade, uh, the Lions from the Rams in the Matthew Stafford trade, and then the uh, the Eagles would pick five. They own the Saints pick from the Saints trade back up into the first round uh, last year to get Trevor Penning, who hasn't, you know, a a bit of a raw guy uh, as a rookie, but uh, he's he's having a rough time here his rookie year. Uh, I don't know, Connor. Do we, uh, we... We all know about the Russell Wilson trade, and if I'm the Broncos, I probably... I don't know. Would you offer, like, Russell Wilson... Pat Sertan and like your next two available first round picks to get Geno Smith this offseason? <laughs> oh man. I I don't know. I mean, you can't do anything about that situation. The the only thing that you could do is I mean, again, you can bring in another head coach. You can hope that that coach turns him around and then it's the next guy where you're like, "Okay, this doesn't work." Or you invest in who you have, you bring in another quarterback, and you just hope that Russell gets so mad that he just doesn't show up. Or that he cares so much about his brand that he just continues to be like the consummate teammate. Like how like yeah. what Jalen Hurts had to do at Alabama, right? I mean, that's kind of the hope. But it is wild. Like to me, if you look at especially the Eagles, but certainly the Seahawks. Um, and the Lions to some degree, um, this is what good 
GMing is all about. I mean, Howie has he's flipped the league upside down. He's absolutely pantsed and manipulated 31 other general managers over the last four years. I don't think there's any other way to put it. Now, the team might not end up winning the Super Bowl, and you could say, hey, whatever, and yeah, I missed on Justin Jefferson, blah, 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 but he makes up for it, and he continually puts them in a position to have sustained success. I don't know what else you could do as a GM, and it's wild that he's going to be picking that high this year, and he's probably going to turn that pick into more picks. Oh, man. I feel for the Saints because, honestly, I don't so mind. Bad. I don't mind what the Saints did. Uh, I don't either. I mean, look, looking back, it's it's awful. But, uh, you know, if this ends up being a top-five pick, they wanted to make one more run with this defense largely together. I know they, they uh, flipped the safeties a little bit. And it's just they, they haven't been able to catch a break. We saw them on Monday night where they, they lose late to Tom Brady. Uh the difference this year, the defense has slid back. The defense, has, the defense has slid back because they are not taking the ball away. And again, I I, I say this all the time, it, turnovers is such a fickle stat. You can build a defense that you think will force turnovers, but you just have to get a little bit of luck. You, you need to get some uh, some tipped interceptions here and there, and you need to you know get a strip sack every once in a while. Those, those are such rare plays uh, the best you can do is put yourself in position. They right now are in position to force 12 turnovers last year, uh, which is they've been 21 or higher uh, every year since 2015. Uh, so you're almost having your your turnover different or turnover uh, production this season, and that's that makes a huge difference when you're in a bunch of games that are a coin flip. And once again, if I could turn back to the old. Luck-adjusted point differential uh, spreadsheet acronym Kingsbury, which uh, mitigates stuff like turnovers and red zone performance and opposing kicker performance and stuff that makes a huge impact, but is just so fickle and just so difficult to bank on. Uh, Saints are middle of the pack. I mean, they're they're 16th right now. They're actually four spots ahead of the Vikings. Um, it's not a bad team. It's not a bottom five team, but. They're in the goulash, and, like, this is the way it worked out. Yeah. Um, boy, it's uh, – here's what I will say about the Saints. I was looking um, – there's probably, like, two or three guys, first-round wide receiver talents this year, prob- generously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a class like last year. Yep. I I'll, I'll, I can say that with some degree of certainty. And – I think that there was a forward-looking element to what they did, not only because they wanted to compete this year, they thought the defense was good, I thought that was fine, I had no problem with that, but also, you needed you needed a wide receiver, this was the last good class to do it, in maybe a little while, I don't know, what two or three classes down the line are going to bring, but... Olave prevents you from having to pay astronomical prices in free agency, which, yeah. you know, and it's, and it did show a forward looking view of the market. So yes, I do. I do think it stinks if you're the saints, but that's the gamble. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I went back and forth on, it. I started during draft time. I gave this team like an F for their draft grades. Cause I was like, why are you acting like a team that's in playoff contention? This roster is horrible. And then through, Mostly online abuse. I changed my tune, and I said, "Okay, yes, um, 
I can see it now. Uh, I, I get it. I think this team can manufacture wins. The division's going to be worse than I thought it was. And so, okay, let's do this. Now I'm back, obviously, to the correct take, the original take, uh, Occam's Razor. And uh, and here we are. So, yes, yeah. it's, it sucks. But would you rather the team just done nothing? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think the sweet spot is obviously for rebuilding team, you want to end up like the Bears where there is this groundswell of excitement. You you did the things that you needed to do this year right, um, and you're still bad strategically. Yeah. I think that's the sweet spot. But with the Saints, you can't do that. Your team is too veteran. You you either needed to gut this thing at the deadline or you needed to keep doubling down and keep doubling down. And at this point, you're, um, all of your reverse mortgages are due. It's time, <laughs> it's time to pay... Uh, Who's the television personality that does reverse mortgages? Oh, Do you know what I'm talking I, about? Uh, it's always on in the background when I have like the local news on so I can see the weather. <laughs> news 12, Connecticut. You know they have that on your phone now, Gary. The, uh... <laughs> I know. I don't know why I do. I feel like I'm getting a more updated version on uh, on my TV, but that's not true at all because they're just <laughs> replaying the same thing that they taped. Uh, they're playing this thing at 2 p.m. that they taped at 10 a.m., so... I felt so bad. I don't know. I don't know why I keep thinking of this, but during the pandemic, our News Twelve New Jersey weather person, because I I did it too. We had all the. We used to have the TV on for the governor's um, addresses because mm-hmm. we were just trying to figure out, like, you know, is my wife, uh, um, what do they call it, essential worker? Yeah. Um, Gary, we got an email during the pandemic that said that we at SI Podcasts were essential um, mm-hmm. for the human spirit. So yeah. how about that? Um, but, you know, we would have it on and the weather guy it just just looked like all of us. You know, he was at his kitchen table. The dog was trying to get in. He's tired like nobody's sleeping. He broke mm-hmm. his arm somehow. And he's just like he doesn't have the green screen behind us, him. And he's just like, yeah, it's it's dark outside, you know, like uh, like life. And, you know, it was you know, it's, and it was it's, so bad. I felt so bad. It's, it's dark outside. Now to the weather. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, oh, man. How do we get back on this? Uh, yeah, get, getting back to the Saints. So this is my thing with the Saints. Again, I appreciate that they did it for sort of the veteran group they had together. And they were like, okay, let's win this stupid division with the three other bad teams. And and if they beat the Bucks the other night, yeah, that like they're right in the race. Uh, now they're probably out of it, and uh, the question was, and, and the biggest reason to question it, like, you didn't have a quarterback, and that's going to be a problem as you go forward here, uh, if you don't have a quarterback. Hey, Dalton, I think, has played much better than anyone expected, but, uh, the ceiling on the team was probably, uh, maybe you pull off an upset in the wild card round, and then you get to play into the divisional round, and get it handed to you by the Cowboys or the Eagles or something. And uh, that's that was the best case scenario. So I get it. It was right to criticize. I just like when teams go out and try to win games, which brings us to the Rams and the big uh, Twitter arguments uh, on uh, on Wednesday was did this Matthew Stafford trade now uh, was it always a bad trade? Did it become a bad trade? Was it worth it to make the trade? Uh, which I I'll I'll give it to you because I I think it's a laughable debate at this point, And perhaps I get to laugh at you. Do I think that the 
do I think that the Matt Stafford trade was a bad trade? Is that what you're yes. asking? So that I, is what's being thrown out. I, I was on the internet more than I would have liked to have been today. Um, and I didn't see this. So what, what, what are oh. people upset about? Oh, you can see Charles McDonald is a friend of the show over at Yahoo Sports is weighing in on that. I don't, I don't want to pick on the dude who said it's a really bad, it's the same guy who was doing all the, uh, remember like three or four years ago when people were really into quarterback salaries and like, oh, if you have a quarterback on a rookie contract like that's the most you are guaranteed Super Bowl victory and like all this stuff and it's like no it, hey it's nice to have a quarterback on a rookie contract Chiefs were probably pumped when Patrick Mahomes was making uh you know seven million a year instead of uh 40 million a year but uh you still have to have a good quarterback and this guy was arguing that uh Mitchell Trubisky was the best uh, or the most valuable quarterback to have in the NFC North because it was also Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford and uh, okay. big deals. And just like, come on, man. Like, this is so dumb. Like, would the Bears pay an extra $22 million to get Aaron Rodgers? Yes. Like, they absolutely would. Or to get Matthew Stafford or probably get Kirk Cousins. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of how it played out. So there's one, there's a line of thinking that Jared Goff is having a, a fine season. Uh, again, Jared Goff is a fine system quarterback. He's a starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, the gap between Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford, uh, perhaps not literally now, as Matthew Stafford is not able to take the field, but uh, even this season, the gap between those two guys was significant. And if you drop Jared Goff onto this Rams team uh, with the just brutal run of injuries they've had across the offense— you are talking about the worst offense in the NFL, quite possibly. Maybe not worse than the Russell Wilson Broncos, but uh, pretty far down there. Uh, Matthew Stafford, and I just I can't believe people can't understand this at this point. It was not a coincidence that every offensive player around Matthew Stafford had a career year in 2021, teams right. had to defend them differently. Teams could not blitz them as often. Uh, you could open up a whole bunch of routes that you couldn't necessarily open up with Jared Goff. Not that Jared Goff is under-talented. But uh, Matthew Stafford just gave you so much here uh, in terms of what you could do and what opponents had to do against you. Uh, and it might have continued this year if everyone hadn't gotten hurt. But uh, it didn't. And right now they are sitting at three and nine, which is uh, going to be the number four pick going to the Lions. I, mm, I mean, I don't know. The goal is to win the Super Bowl, right? And so you did. Yes. It. And so that to me makes it worth it. And so I don't know. Like you said, though, I, I I'm not going to dunk on the guy either because I like ideas. I like big ideas, and I mm -hmm. think that this is a big idea. Um. Maybe it's not a big idea that I agree with, but I like having a robust marketplace. I like looking over <laughs> on one side and being able to buy plantains, and I look like looking on over on another side and saying, there's golden kiwis. Have you ever had a golden kiwi, Gary? Uh, I have not had a golden kiwi, no. Three times the vitamin C of an orange. Oh, really? Yeah, just okay. tremendous. Um, or, or, or Mirabelle plums. You ever had a Mirabelle plum? No. Of course you haven't, because they're illegal in the United States, Gary. Mirabelle really? Plums. Yeah, you have Why? to. So this is a fun aside, but mm -hmm. I was talking to my grandma the other day, and she said, you know, I love 
yellow plums. She's like, you're driving by that farmer's market on the way home, aren't you? And I said, yeah. She said, stop in and see if you can get me some yellow plums. So I look in there. No. Start Googling it. I'm like, you know what? Love my grandma. I'm just going to ship her a big crate of yellow plums. Looking everywhere. it's They're illegal to – you have to buy the tree and then grow the tree yourself. You cannot import yellow plums into the United States for some weird reason. Oh, man. And it got to the point where I was like on eBay trying to order seeds, yellow plum tree seeds from the Middle East somewhere. And I, I was just like, boy, I don't know. I don't know what's what I'm getting myself into here. So we, we settled on yellow plum jelly, which I had to import from France. So we can import wow. the jelly, can't okay. import the plums. Okay. Um, long story short, I enjoy a diverse marketplace of ideas. Yes. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm a yellow plum guy. Maybe I'm not a yellow plum guy. I, I just. It. I thought we were gonna leave the produce section for the other one. I thought it was gonna be golden kiwis and then like uh, salami, uh, yeah, hungry man dinner on the other side. <laughs> hungry man's okay, um, but I disagree because you won the Super Bowl, right? And so, like, you did it, and that means that you were better than everybody else situationally that entire season, and so you win, you get it. And I don't yeah. know, would you rather be? Boy, I don't know what the comp is there. I would say, like, what's a sub, a slightly sub version? Like, okay, would you rather be the Jason Garrett Cowboys? Where you're you're sustainably good yeah, for a long time, and then you just slam your head into a brick wall every January. I don't know. I, I, think, I think the trade was worth it. And Matt Stafford's really good. If, if he rests up this year and comes back like next year they they will start the season as Super Bowl favorites that's so the thing that I think is getting lost uh two things about Matthew Stafford number one as you said he was really good if not for the November swoon when uh you know they lost a couple of receivers and they brought in Odell and, and were working some some stuff out he was playing at an MVP level last year, and he's performed at an MVP level a lot of years just on bad teams in Detroit. And uh, I don't know, everyone's just sort of writing off as if he'll never play at that level again, and I don't really think that's a guarantee. Uh, they, you know, I think in this stage in his career, you do need to do something to fortify that offensive line, and I'm not sure what the answer is because obviously you're short on resources, but uh, and, and that's a product of, of making a lot of these types of trees. But, uh, boy, Matthew Stafford is the biggest reason you went from a very good team to a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And I don't think you can bank on, okay, this only worked if we won the Super Bowl, uh, although they did win the Super Bowl, of course. But uh, you just want to be in that, like, you know, they're, they're like this year, they're like, Five teams that logically should win the Super Bowl. Maybe a Nick Foles Eagles wins the Super Bowl in the end, but you know you want to be in that five. And if you're not in that five, figure out a way to get into that five. And that's what the Rams did. Right. Um, you like to term it as well. You term the middle of the NFL as the goulash. Yeah. Um, what we're looking for is. They're more on the charcuterie board, right? If you're on the five-team mix, you're on the charcuterie board. You're elite. You're able to yep. be picked. You know, you're able to be chosen at any time. So, yeah, the Rams are on the charcuterie board. Next year, they'll be on the charcuterie board. Um, 
one note on the goulash gary um mm-hmm. and just for those of you who maybe this is your first episode um gary likes to term the sort of teams nine <laughs> through 29 as the goulash right anybody can kind of emerge it's a big mix of meats and spices and noodles yes. uh we had a friend listener from austria who sent us a lovely goulash recipe um and so we we now know kind of the inner workings of the goulash um last night i was watching hallmark as i do most nights during christmas season mm-hmm. for uh to see what they had going on for their christmas movie of the night and this guy wanders into this bar in this Christmas village, and the woman said, "We only serve goulash." And so I thought of Gary. Oh. I was like, "I was like, here we go." But it's like <laughs> that, that's got to be worked into an NFL uh, like one o'clock window promo there. Yeah, what kind of goulash you got? You got Vikings goulash or you got Panthers mm-hmm. goulash? It's a whole difference. We don't know. We don't know what's in there. Yeah, right now the goulash runs from uh, Team Seven to. Team 26, maybe 25 uh, or so. But yeah, right now it's Bills, 49ers, although we'll see what the quarterback situation does. Cowboys, Bengals, Chiefs, Eagles. Those are your Super Bowl contenders. Other teams can win the Super Bowl. Might happen, but those are your six teams that logically should be uh, considering themselves Super Bowl uh, participants and and victors, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I... um. I don't know. I'm I'm still a Stafford okay guy. Good for the Lions though. I part of me hopes they hang on to Dan Campbell and and give him one like I think you get one more crack at this if you can hold on to Ben Johnson. If you can keep your OC and mm-hmm. he doesn't get a big boy job, which I think he might this offseason. Boy, you just I I think they could tear some people apart. I don't know. Most I Lions like, can. Do you know uh Lions are, are favored over the Vikings this week. Are they really? Yeah. How? Because they're, cause they're better. <laughs> you know I what? Mean, they're they're both. It's a coin flip game, but yeah, I, I think I think the Lions are better than the Vikings. I think that here's what else I'll say. Um, I think that Vikings fans, you're falling into the trap. You're blaming the media. You're blaming the media. You're blaming the media. And I, I don't think you're going to like what happens. Yeah. Probably not. You could be the Nick Foles Eagles. That could be you. It's happened. We saw it happen when Nick Foles and the Eagles won the Super Bowl. It's just not likely. And that's what you have to really come to terms with. And you might come back next year and go 9-8. and eight. You might go 7-10. and 10. It's, it's possible. You're in the goulash. It's going to be tough to climb out of there. Very hungry for goulash right now. I know. <laughs> Should have eaten before we did the show. Uh, <laughs> last topic here, uh, Connor. I, I was on with the. Uh, I don't think he'd consider me a friend, but I do like Mike Meltzer, who uh, does a show over at Mad Dog Radio. Yes. Uh, he asked me whether I would rather, and this is he doesn't think I'm capable of taking a job, which is correct. Uh, but would I rather coach the Broncos or the Texans in 2023? And I said, no doubt. Not even close. I take the Texans job. Me too. I wouldn't, hesi- I wouldn't hesitate to take the Texans job, and I don't. Uh, I don't think the owner is brilliant, but we have seen teams win Super Bowls with owners who maybe are not brilliant. Uh, the guy who we wrote about quite a bit uh, during the winter of 2020 and 20, he's not there anymore. 
uh, Nick Casario, I think is, I, 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 the, the book is still being written on him, but competent. I mean, it's, it's not a joke to have him as your personnel guy. I, I think it's probably fine in the end. And man, we'll get into the draft stuff, uh, later, obviously after the season ends, but give me Bryce Young. Holy cow. Like, give me Bryce Young and give me a team with no expectations and let me go in there with a chance to absolutely be the savior. Not to mention, let me go in there and probably, it, it, we're, we're maybe writing uh, Lovey Smith's obit a little bit early here, professional obit, I should specify. But uh, if this is a team that fires back-to-back one-and-done coaches, uh, you really got to underachieve to make it three in a row. For sure. Um yeah, that was why the Giants' job was so attractive this year, right? Because they fired Joe Judge and uh, Pat Shermer. Yes, Pat Shermer. Wow, was there someone before Pat Shermer? Was there someone before Pat Shermer? There must have been, right? Between Pat Shermer and Joe Judge? No, there wasn't. So it was wow. McAdoo. It was McAdoo, Shermer, Joe Judge. Is that true? Yeah. And it was two, two, and two. I think. And with with two of the three coming before the end of the season, correct? Yes. Yes. I think that's how it went. Um, Yeah. Boy, howdy. Um, So that's why the Giants job is so attractive. It's right. It's like if I come in here and like Brian Dable, holy crap. I mean, they'll be able to rip up that contract and redo it because they're probably so happy with with everything that's going on there. Mm -hmm. But um I totally agree with you. I my my concern about Casario would be how hands on is he really? You know, yep. w- what is he trying to tell me as a play caller, as a defensive coach, as whatever? You know, is he advising me on stuff? It, you know, is it my voice that's going through the headset, um, or you know, who's who's saying who what? Who's allowed input on all this stuff uh, that's happening on the field? But then again, I am. I am. I don't know anything about football, relatively speaking, Gary. <laughs> uh, so I would just like to, you know, I would like to hang around. I'll, I'll coach the Texans. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. The equity uh, you have, the place from which you're starting from, I mean, you can really build something there. Um, Jack Easterby's gone. It's a, it's a good, I, I don't know. I think it's a good spot. I would, uh, I would take that job. Uh, I would take it. I, I they'd have to let me work remotely from Connecticut. I don't want to relocate, <laughs> and uh, I gotta be able to. I'll do it for like fifty thousand dollars, but I I have a family. I gotta be able to do some side gigs too. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell them like thank you. Um, however, I still have to do the power <laughs> rankings for SI, and because uh, that's how I make uh, it's how I make a living. So, I was going to say, I'm going to do deliveries for Panera or something like that. <laughs> Just do some Zoom meetings. We'll be all good. Drizzly. I'm going to be a drizzly guy. The MMQB NFL podcast is Connor Orr and me, Gary Gramling. We are produced by Shelby Royson. SI's executive producer of podcasts is Scott Brody, and our senior podcast producer is Dan Bloom. Mark Ravick is emeritus editor of the MMQB Super Bowl champion. Andy Benoit is the founder of the MMQB NFL podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this feed on Apple Podcasts, and once you do, 
please leave a rating and review because it really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Stitcher, SI.com, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.